Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Good morning. All right, here we are, sixth Sunday. <clears throat> I got a frog in my throat. <clears> throat> All right, sixth Sunday of Easter. The, uh, the readings the church gives us on the sixth Sunday, they are, um, as we get closer and closer to the culmination of the season, the church is trying to orient us towards the culmination of the Paschal mystery, which is the ascension of our Lord, which we'll celebrate this next Sunday, and then the sending of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, right? This is the, that's the whole trajectory of God's uh, redemptive act, right? The Son, right, the second person of the Trinity becomes flesh in the incarnation, takes on our human nature, goes all the way down to the very depths of human brokenness, then lifts it back up in the resurrection. Like, you know, when you dive into the bottom of the deep end of the pool and you have to kick back up from the bottom, so he kicks back up from the bottom of the lowest place and then raises our humanity to the heights of heaven and then sends the Holy Spirit back down upon us that we would be gathered up to where he is. That's about three semesters of seminary in about two seconds. That's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty impressed. All right. So we hear today in the gospel as we're, the church is preparing us for Ascension and Pentecost in particular, we hear uh, about this power that Jesus is going to send upon us. We hear the name that Jesus gives this power and we hear what this power will do for us. What's his role? So first of all, he calls him the one who's coming, the advocate, the advocate, advocatus in Latin, the paraclete in the Greek, the advocate. That's who he is. That's who's coming. Let's pause and just let's just meditate on that title alone. That title alone is worth some contemplation. This power, this other person of the Trinity that Jesus is going to send upon us, this power from heaven is first and foremost on our side. On our side. Our friend. Our friend. Someone who wants us to succeed. Someone who wants us to flourish. I think there's some of us here in church this morning who probably need to be reminded of that fact that God, again, is not an Olympic judge sitting dispassionately on the sideline with a clipboard marking us for deductions as we live our life, right? He's not like a lack of virtue there. That's minus five grace points, right? Little sin of omission here. Like, that's not who he is. That's not who he is. He wants us to win. He wants us to win. And by win, this is what I mean. I mean that he wants us to become fully who he made us to be. To be alive in power and glory and beauty and grace. He made in the way that he made us, right? When he dreamt us into being, right? When he whispered us as a secret into our own mother's wombs, he's like, you have a high destiny and a high calling and you are made to shine. You're made to shine. He made us to impact this world in a way that only we can. He built into us a glory and a destiny that only we have, right? He made us to be with him eternally. And the Lord, he wants that for us. He wants that for us. He wants us to win. This is why he's given us the Holy Spirit as our advocate. This is why he gives us grace, right? In professional sports, you're not allowed to have an unfair advantage, right? You get, you're not allowed to, you know, 
take steroids in baseball because that's an unfair advantage. But in the game of life, the Lord wants us to have an unfair advantage called the Holy Spirit called grace. So I was sitting with this and I was like, Lord, I need an image. This is the best image that the Lord gave me. Hope it lands for you. Okay, so the image I came up with, anybody here play Euchre? Okay, good. There's a few of us. All right. So Euchre is one of those games that's utterly mystifying if you watch it from the outside, right? Euchre was a huge game when I first came to the seminary. I never played it growing up. Come to the seminary, guys would get together and they, you know, get the foursomes in you. They'd be throwing down these cards. This card would go down, that card, this card. Then all of a sudden someone would be like, whoosh, swipe the cards away. I'm like, what just happened, right? Like, I don't understand why you just won, right? Like, it was so baffling. It was utterly baffling. And I was convinced because I was, you know, prideful and, you know, full of myself that I was like, I can figure this out. Three years go by. It was still an utter mystery to me, right? Utterly opaque. Until I finally asked someone, like, can you, like, teach me, right? Teach me how to play this game. So this person, my buddy, taught me how to play the rules. He taught me the rules. And, but then what he did was he, like, he sat on my side and like, I got my cards here, and he coached me as I played. He'd be like, throw that one. No, choose clubs. Uh, go with that one, right? And I won over and over again, over and over again, right? Because I had this person over my shoulder whispering, right? Do that. Move this. Choose that. Like, pick. No, don't use that card right now, right? I had this person who helped me to play this game excellently in a way that I couldn't do it on my own, even though technically I knew the rules, Right? I had, if you will, an advocate to do something that I was incapable of on my own. So here's the question. So what exactly is the advantage that the advocate gives us? What is his role? How does he help us win? Jesus tells us, he says, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. Remind you of all that I told you. How interesting. That was the word, remind, that the Lord highlighted for me as I was praying with the scriptures this week that I just sat with, that that's the Holy Spirit's job. How powerful that is. You know, because in our world where God is not yet supreme, where the Lord's love hasn't imbued everything, having to be reminded of things isn't necessarily a good or welcome thing. I don't think all of us love being reminded of things, right? I mean, parents to your kids, how often, how many times, how many times do I have to remind you, don't just leave your backpack by the door when you come in, right? How many times do I have to remind you, put your clothes in the hamper? How many times do I have to remind you, put that cereal bowl in the sink, right? How many times do I have to remind you, honey, put the toilet seat down, right? Things like that. Spouses, you know what I'm talking about, right? How many times do I have to remind you? But that right there, friends, that is not the kind of reminding that the Holy Spirit does, neither in, in kind or in tone. It's utterly different. It's utterly different. You know, it's hard to read the scriptures and miss the powerful role that memory plays. It seems to be that all of humanity's woes first stem from them first forgetting some crucial information. Right? Over and over again, humanity, Israel, Whenever they go awry, it's because they forgot. They forgot who God was. They forgot what he's done. They forgot their role, their mission. Like we forget again and again and again, and we run after idols. I mean, just think of the Israelites. Think of the Israelites. They've just 
been liberated from Egypt with powerful signs like no one could imagine. They've crossed through the Red Sea. Their clothes are still damp from the Red Sea. And about five minutes later, they're like, this stinks out in the desert. Who let us out here? They forgot. We forget over and over again. We run after idols thinking all of a sudden that God is the one who's the tyrant that we have to be protected from rather than the one who's protecting us from the tyrant. We forget we forget our station, we forget our role, we forget how we're meant to achieve happiness. We believe the lie, the original lie, the only lie that the enemy plays over and over and over again, which is you will find happiness when you pull away from the Lord. That happiness is found in the measure that you are liberated from God's strictures. It's the original lie and we forget it all the time. And when we do, hell ensues. The examples in the scriptures are just endless. There's something about our fallen human nature, our fallen condition. And like, I'm sure as I'm even preaching this, you can think of moments or examples in your own life where like, yeah, I just, I just forget over and over again. There's something about our human nature where we just forget who God is. We forget who we are. We forget God's goodness. We forget his fidelity. We forget his promises. We forget how he has kept his promises to us in wild and wonderful ways. Like we forget the times where we prayed so earnestly and then all of a sudden the Lord showed up in a powerful way like we couldn't imagine. That was amazing. And then like five minutes later, like a goldfish, we forget. We forget. And so our Father, through the Holy Spirit, the Advocate reminds us of the truth. And he's never annoyed by the fact that he has to do it. He doesn't do it begrudgingly. He's not up there rolling up his sleeves like, how many times, you stupid mortals, do I have to remind you, don't do this, you better do this. That's not his heart. That's not his heart. He loves to remind us again and again, my child, you are so good. My child, I see you. You are safe in my love. My love is trustworthy. He delights to remind us that I'm not angry with you. I'm not disappointed in with, with you. It's, gonna, it's all going to be okay. I'm working it out. Like he delights to remind us. We need to be reminded over and over again because we have an enemy, like I said, whom Jesus calls the accuser, right? That's why we have an advocate, because we have an accuser also, who, like Peter says, prowls about like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And he wants to devour us with lies and whispers and suggestions he wants to use and abuse us, and we're far easier to get at when we have forgotten who God is and who we are and what our mission is. It's far easier for him to get us to chase after idols, to chase after empty happiness, to put us into this crazy cycle of despair and hopelessness when we forget. Like in quiet and in contemplation, we get reminded of these truths. When you go to prayer, that's the place to be reminded of these truths. But, I mean, I don't know about you, but I sometimes need things to be a little bit more concrete, which is why I'm so grateful the Lord gave us the Scriptures. The Scriptures are the Father's love letter to your heart. It's the place where He wants to, where He does remind us. It's the place where we can hear the Advocate speak, where we hear our fathers speak and remind us of the truth. We'll hear things like this. My child, I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. And I'm familiar with all your ways. Psalm 139. 
Even the very hairs on your head are numbered, Matthew 10. For you were made in my image, Genesis 1. In me you live and move and have your being, Acts 17. I know you, I knew you even before you were conceived, Jeremiah 1. I chose you when I planned creation, Ephesians 1. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me, John 8. I am not distant and angry, but the complete expression of love, 1 John 4. And it is my desire to lavish my love upon you simply because you are my child and I'm your father. 1 John 3, for I am your provider and meet all your needs. Matthew 6, my plan for your future has always been filled with hope. Jeremiah 29, my thoughts toward you are countless as the sand of the seashore. Psalm 139, and I rejoice over you with singing. Zephaniah 3, I'll never stop doing good to you. Jeremiah 32, for you are my treasured possession. Exodus 19, when you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. Psalm 34, nothing will ever separate you from my love. Romans 8, over and over and over and over again, he delights to remind us. So Holy Spirit advocate, advocate of our hearts, remind us of the truth, remind us of who God is and who we are. And Lord, you delight to remind us of these things. You're never annoyed, you're never exasperated that we need to hear it all again. So please, Lord, come remind us that we're treasured, that we're seen, that we're on mission, that we're filled with power, we're destined for greatness and glory. We are saints in the making, loved sinners and beloved sons and daughters of the great King. Remind us of all of that, Lord, every day. Speak to us in your scriptures. Remind us. Sing to us. Sing over us. Remind us that we're yours. Amen.